keep um, thinking that so many people are going to be hearing the news, the talking heads on the radio or on the yep. television, in the newspapers, and just running scared and going amok here, there, and everywhere. And then there's going to be a select few of people who are working with coaches, who are listening to podcasts, who are digging deep and saying, what, what is everyone else not seeing? Where is the opportunity? And those are the people that are about to make a lot of money. You are tuning in to For Better Self and Net Worth podcast. This is a podcast where I encourage you to live the life of your dreams by adopting the right mindset, navigating through tough challenges, and respecting your bank account. I interview entrepreneurs and empire builders from across the globe as they share how they have come to live the lives of their dreams and the challenges they had to break through. I also have a few solo episodes where I talk about the lessons learned and navigating in a world full of naysayers, negative mindsets, and money grabbers. I personally believe that attitude is everything, and with the right attitude, you can get the life that you dream of. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. If you're listening, make sure you have hit the subscribe button, and on Apple, give me some love by leaving a review. Most of all, I hope every episode you hear on here leaves you inspired and on fire to live your best life without breaking the bank. Hey everyone, welcome back to For Better Self and Net Worth. We're going to continue to emphasize on the net worth aspect. I have with me today, Amanda Neely. Amanda Neely is one of the co-CEOs of Wealth and Wisdom Financial based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. She is also a co-host of the West Wealth and Wisdom Financial podcast. So super excited to have you on the show, Amanda. Would you give us a background on yourself and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's so great to be here. Um, I did not ever see myself in the financial sector. My um, When I was born, my parents owned public assistance they, you know, blue collar family never really had a lot. I didn't even think, I don't even think I knew what a financial professional was. I also didn't know about entrepreneurship until I was in my twenties and my husband and I started our first business and it was a lot of fun. I actually call it my little MBA program. When I was selling that business and trying to figure out what's next, I realized how much a financial professional had made a difference in my life over the 10 years that we owned and operated that business. And he happened to be looking for people to mentor and train to do what he does. And it just became so natural to extend what had made such a big difference in our lives to other business owners, entrepreneurs, individuals, families, and really start to change financial destinies. And part of why we're wealth wisdom Uh, financial is because we try to go back to the wisdom about money that stood hundreds of years of tests of time rather than just what's become popular since the 1980s. Fantastic. And what are some of those ideas? There's a lot of them. How long do we got? Just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, It really boils down to there's a big difference between saving and investing. Mm -hmm. And in the 1980s, there became very popular sayings that we all think are true. You've got to speculate to accumulate, no risk, no reward. 
And we like to remind people that sometimes savings is the reward and the return of your money is often more important than the return on your money. And sure, that doesn't mean you're not, you know, that that doesn't mean you're not going to speculate. Like there is a time and a place for that, but to keep that in balance with making sure we have financial foundations that we can build on top of rather than everything being at risk being at risk. And we seem to be coming upon some tumultuous times right now in terms of the economy. You're seeing a lot of huge tech corporations laying people off. You're just seeing a lot of people finding themselves in a situation where they're having to push. We also have inflation where the cost of living is driving up, but the jobs may not necessarily be there. What are some things that people can do to prepare for that situation Or if they're in that situation, what are some ways that they can, you know, help themselves out of the situation? Yeah, I was just talking to somebody about this this past week. And the thing I keep coming back to is that times get tough and that's when tough people actually experience some of the best opportunities of their lives. You know, we hear so many stories of, you know, it, I had, I was at this place in 2008 and my life totally transformed. I'm so much better than I was then. And, you know, stuff like that. And the biggest thing is I keep um, thinking that so many people are going to be hearing the news, the talking heads on the radio or on the television in the newspapers and just running scared and going amok here, there and everywhere. And then there's going to be a select few of people who are working with coaches, who are listening to podcasts, who are digging deep and saying, what, what is everyone else not seeing? Where is the opportunity? And those are the people that are about to make a lot of money. So it's about funding the opportunity instead of accepting defeat. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a really good point. And just with the opportunities, speaking of that is I would say that the economy just continues to change because you know, I was in the generation, we're told, get the four-year degree. You've got to get the four-year degree to make a lot of money. And this was before I graduated college, before web development was super popular, where, you know, a lot of my friends who have really, who have very lucrative jobs, who are doing really, really well for themselves are, you know, in tech, they are software engineers, they're UX developers or product managers, they've gotten into a path that kind of, you know, helped to have a marketing background or a finance background, but they've merged into that path. Or I've got friends who, you know, maybe studied marketing and PR and are doing finance now. So it's about, I can agree with that. I think it's about evolving where the opportunity is instead of just like, oh, well, you know, that was my profession. That was what I was doing. It's done now. Or even um, sales. I have a lot of friends in sales that I've experienced layoffs. I experienced that back in May with a company that, you know, positioned itself as doing fine. And anytime I asked about it, anytime I asked about the financials, it's like, oh, no, 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 we're good. We're good. We're good. All of a sudden, oh, we need to get on a call. This happened. And it just made me realize, you know, it's like, you can't rely on external sources. You've really got to rely on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the best example I can think of are dinosaurs. If you really think about why we don't have dinosaurs on the planet right now, it's not because an asteroid hit, it's because they couldn't adapt when the asteroid hit. We actually have species that have existed 
longer than the dinosaurs or from the dinosaurs time bees, for example, yep. and it's because they're able to adapt. It's an amazing thing. That's in nature that we can learn from. That's very true. And even horses, like horses used to be the size of a house cat. Mm-hmm. Now they've grown to be horses. So you can kind of be like the horse and grow with the world. Yeah, all kinds of opportunities because also we're human. We have a exactly. mind, a capacity to change that animals don't have too. We like we can go above and beyond that. Yeah. So tell us about you're talking about transforming and changing people's lives. So your life was changed by having somebody give you some of the good advice with around your finances. You're able to kind of lift yourself out of poverty. What are some success stories around? Wealth and wisdom. Yeah. Um, ooh, so many. Um, and we're so we're about to celebrate five years of being in this industry. And I know Wonderful. like our best years are still to come. But let me take you back to March of 2020. We had some of the most volatile days on the stock market that month. Everyone loves to talk about, you know, where they were those days, kind of like we used to talk about 2008, 2009, what happened then. And I know that's going to be a pivotal moment in our history, but I love to think about how I was calling so many of my clients and letting them know, Hey, the work we've been doing, even just over the past year that money is safe. You don't need to be worried about it. It didn't go through that same huge volatility that the stock market did. And if you need something extra because your hours just got cut or you have to work from home and figure out how to work and take care of children at the same time, let's talk about how you could use your funds in this moment. And I had such amazing conversations when a lot of financial professionals from what I understand now, uh, I've heard they were all running and hiding. They didn't want to talk to their clients where I got to like hop on zoom, hop on phone calls and really like connect with people when we were all sheltering in place and not able to go anywhere. And I had one client in particular, she's told our story on her, on our podcast where she loves the stock market. She's um, an investor. Her dad taught her how to invest starting way back in the 1980s. And she'd had some stocks that her dad bought and gifted her in the eighties that in 2019, she had sold kind of, they were not growing as well as they had been. And so she had all this cash that we had been keeping safe for her and um, making grow wisely for her. And when the pandemic hit and the stock market was going bananas, she was able to use that cash to buy some stocks when they were down. She was smart about it. She knew what she was doing. When we did a post-mortem 18 months later, she had made 80, over 80% return on those Wonderful. funds. Yeah. It was, it was the beautiful story because she had access and liquidity when no one else did. Yeah. Right now is it's a good time to buy stocks if you can. Maybe but at least I think so. And maybe because right now everything is down, but you said that you've had some conversations with your clients that are more positive during these times. Um, what is it that you guys do for your clients that may be different than other financial professionals? Yeah. So here, I'm going to let the cat out of the bags. Uh, you know, the mentor that I talked about that really, you know, took us under our, his wing and taught us everything. He's actually been a former guest on your show. His name is Mark Willis. I think yeah. his episode came out late in November, um, of 2022. 
Uh, so he introduced us to this concept called bank on yourself that he talked about during that episode. And uh, that's really what we're doing for folks uh, now too. We're banking yourself professionals. And it's a little known asset that has been used for generations um, that is becoming more popular again uh, because some of uh, the marketing and sales messaging from the 1980s, people are starting to see the cracks in it, the holes and starting to question, could there be something else? And kind of returning to the things that our grandparents have been doing um, in, you know, the earlier 1900s. Nice. So some of the older ways of saving and then the bank on yourself. So getting into the bank on yourself is kind of like a, it's basically an insurance policy or is it? Yeah. Yeah. If I'm understanding correctly. And what people can do is instead of waiting to pay off all their debt before they invest, they can take out a policy here and then use that money to pay off their debt. Yeah. Or save for retirement or invest in their own business or buy stocks, whatever they they want to do to grow their wealth. It gives them a place to store their money until they're ready to do those things. Yeah. And then this sort of money is not going to, whereas like in a stock market, cryptocurrency, whatever it is you're investing in, you do have that risk of losing money. Is that a huge risk with banking on yourself? Yeah, we actually call it one of the safest assets that you can buy. There are risks like with anything, um, but there the we try to mitigate those risks by only working with companies who have been profitable, not just backing up their guarantees, but profitable above their guarantees for the last hundred years, every single year. Can you imagine being in 1934 and still getting a dividend on a life insurance policy? Or being in the 80s when there was really high interest and really high inflation and getting huge dividends on your policies and Mm -hmm. everywhere in between during world wars, the Spanish flu back in 1918, they were profitable then. They've been profitable still paying dividends even during the uh, COVID-19 era too. Wow. Okay. Pretty solid. That is pretty solid. So how would somebody get into working with you on this. Yeah. And I have to be very clear that not all whole life insurance is created equal. There are very good, positive ways to do what we're talking about. And there are some ways that it can go really bad really quickly. And so we have to be hesitant about really promoting this everywhere. Um, because you want to make sure that you're working with somebody that knows what they're doing. And my best advice, even if you don't work with me or um, anybody from our team, is to make sure you're working with what's called a bank on yourself professional. You can learn more about what it requires, what's required to be a bank on yourself professional at bankonyourself.com. Um, but then if you're like, oh, I love Amanda, I want to talk more with her. Our, yeah. uh, our website is wealthwisdomfp, as in financial partners or financialpodcast.com. Nice. And would somebody already need to have mass amounts of wealth to work with you? Great question. One of my favorites. So I started my very first policy nine years ago, 2013 with, I had $5,000 in the bank and I was making one to $2 an hour of tips, no base pay in the business that we owned and with the coffee shop that we uh, owned previously. And I started with 400 bucks a month. We have people that start with less People that start with way more, we custom tailor each policy to meet the person and what are their unique goals and challenges. 
Yeah. 400 bucks a month is a lot of money for many people. Yeah. But there's tons of people putting 500 into, you know, per month into a Roth IRA or putting money into their 401k through work over and above the match. Uh, people paying more than that in uh, credit card payments or student loan yeah. payments, um, car loans that, you know, like we really have to look at where do we really want our money to be going? Exactly. Yeah. I've heard that the average car payment is over $500 a month. Yeah. And that's, that's insane. That's insane. Cause you can invest that money and watch it grow. And, but yeah, that's how, um, it's kind of how people stay trapped in the situations is because we do live in a society that it's, the economy thrives with people living above their means. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's something that we need to learn to get around. Yep. And I mean, we're told it's a, it's American to be a consumer, to buy, buy, buy. That's part of the marketing message and part of, um, our national heritage, I guess. And I think as we look at future generations that are coming up now, I happen to be kind of a minimalist and more and more people are adopting that lifestyle. Homesteading is getting a, a new, uh, spin on life. People are starting to can make their own candles. Like there's a thing called Etsy, right? Like I love Etsy. Oh man. That challenges my minimalist behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. A lot yeah. of my Christmas presents will be coming from there. Yeah. I've kind of become a minimalist in the sense that I don't need a whole lot of stuff. I don't need a whole lot of clothes. I just need something practical. Like I've got my work clothes, my comfy clothes, my jeans. And then I've got, I look around on my desk and it's like, okay, I've got a lot of stuff I don't need. I love throwing stuff you know, not I just thrown away, but just giving to goodwill because when you have less stuff, you're kind of more invested on your experiences. Exactly. I was going to say, I bet that's where you're going because that's the better self part. Yeah. Why we want the net worth is to be able to go and experience life and become better people through those experiences. Exactly. To be that lifelong learner, to kind of be able to experience life with the people that are in it, the places that you go. And not always the things that you have. I used to be that person that, you know, whenever I got a bonus, I would immediately go buy a, you know, a brand name purse and that brand name purse would eventually be on the floor somewhere, or it eventually get a pen or something in it that spills. And it's just at the end of the day, it's not worth it. Whereas now I will take that money and I'll save it up and it, you know, put it towards a trip or towards trying something new. I, you know, put a lot of my money towards school this year. And those experiences are something I can carry on with me throughout the lot, my lifetime. Yeah. What have you, do you know Marie Kondo, the art of tidying up? Yes. I've yeah. watched some of her stuff. I've actually read, I read the magic of tidying up a few okay. years ago. Great. So what I love to invite people to do as they're thinking about how to align their finances with what's truly going to bring them joy, what they really value is to actually take each line item in the most recent bank statement or credit card statement and pretend like they're holding that purchase in their hand and see if it brings them joy. And if it does keep it, like put, maybe even try to shift more money on, you know, to that from the things that aren't bringing joy that we can just cut out of our lives. And when we approach money management, dare I say budgeting that way, it just brings a whole new life to it and not the judgy, you know, needs versus wants kind of talk that most folks have out there. Yeah. 
There's a lot of that. I, if I would like to do that, try that myself. It's like, if I look at what I paid for parking this week, that does not bring me joy. I can't hold the parking spot in my hands. Or, but if I look at electricity, my electric bill, okay, maybe it didn't necessarily bring me joy, but it bought me stuff that brought me joy. It brought me exactly. ability to cook. It uh, has the Christmas lights on in my house and even a little bit of electric. I've got a little bit of TV. So, you know, it bought me the ability to watch TV this week. So yeah. it's definitely, I really like that practice a lot. Yeah. And it's one that you don't have to do very often, maybe once every six months or once every year, just to check in and see how, how am I feeling about where things are, but it can make a world of difference in how we approach making decisions with our money. Yeah, exactly. And then I saw something else on your site about people, if they already have a, a guy, a financial advisor, somebody that they're working with, you talk about putting together a team so they can hear diverse opinions and ideas. So what is something that somebody can do if they're already working with a financial advisor? What can they do to work with you as well? Yeah, we never like to step on anybody's toes. So you, you want to kind of think, is this financial advisor that you're already working with going to feel like you're cheating on them? Or are they open to you having a team as well? I hope they are. Because we do want people to hear diverse opinions and make their own decisions, not be told what to do or not be told, well, just give me your money and I'll handle it for you. That's very disempowering, whereas yeah. we want to be empowering people. And so then we love to just come alongside folks, ask them lots of questions, share, you know, well, here's what person A would be here, uh, say, here's what person B would say, what do you choose? Or do you choose something totally different? Really help them feel like they understand how money is working and that they can make decisions for themselves rather than passing it off to somebody. And you really need a team in order to feel like you're getting both sides of the story and as much, you know, getting this bias and that bias and choosing which one you agree with more. It's like with my news sources, I will kind of take a lot of things I see with a grain of salt, mm -hmm. but you know, if I'm watching MSNBC, so most of what I watch is MSNBC, but I might just want to hear, okay, this is their take on it. I might just go uh, to a conservative podcast, The Economist or something else and be like, let me hear their take on it because the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Yep. Yep. Or even you look at a US news source and then an international news source and see yes. how are they telling the same, the, the same story differently. It, we can grow a lot by taking those different perspectives and trying them on. Exactly. Like having that different perspectives that are coming in. Yep. Well, tell everyone how they can find you and also where they can listen to your podcast. Yeah. And anywhere you're listening to this podcast, you can find the Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast. We're Wonderful. currently publishing episodes every other Friday. And in 2023, we're going to be up in the game and publishing them every Friday. Nice. You want to stay in touch, hear about other things that we're doing. It's um, wealthwisdomfp.com. Wonderful. Well, Amanda, it was so great to have you on the show. You brought a lot of awesome insight and we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, of course. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual and going after your unique purpose here on this earth.
Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you.